You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. Starting a business requires lots of decision-making, from naming the business to finding the right partners and location, even deciding whether to incorporate your new venture. The excitement of getting a new business off the ground often overshadows any thoughts of future hardships for the business. But the truth is that when you have a partner or partners in your business venture, there are factors that must be considered, like death, divorce, financial disagreements, or the day-to-day running of the business. How will you and your partners handle these circumstances? Roland Lequie with Macmillan Estate Planning explains that a unanimous shareholders agreement can be very helpful in putting rules in place that will govern many future situations. Roland is in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. Well, quite simply, it's a formal agreement reached amongst all of the shareholders. It must be unanimous to govern their interaction with one another. So when you look at this aspect of corporate law, there's a number of things that impact uh, issues. There's provincial legislation, federal legislation. There's the articles of a company that govern the shares and the rights that the shares have, uh, your ability to issue shares. All of these things are governed in the articles. And then you have bylaws that typically constitute the administrative powers, how you hold meetings, how you call meetings, things of that nature. So there's a number of laws that impact how you run your company. And a unanimous shareholders agreement is a way to kind of cut through all of that. You can have a formal agreement amongst yourselves that really becomes your own law. It can specify how you do those things, how you call meetings, how you provide for one party to buy out another party. Uh, And it ideally gets around problems before they develop. Well, it gets around the idea that uh, if there's no uh, formal shareholder agreement and then all of the par- uh, a sudden the partners uh, decide that they want to go separate ways or there's a disagreement, now you're into a sticky legal morass that costs a lot of money to sort out and leaves a lot of bad feelings. That's right. And the idea of one party wants out is probably the most common scenario that we see that a unanimous shareholder agreement or a USA can certainly help. Um, if a party wants out, uh, there could be a majority trying to force them out and it could be at a lower price than what they'd otherwise want. So a unanimous shareholder agreement can put in rules and procedures that are decided in advance that would then kick in to provide for a fair and quick resolution to these issues. So we're into the question now of why do one, and you've started to outline some of the reasons for it, and they all make sense uh, in the sense that you're you're running a business, it's a business call, it's uh, a way to avoid uh, disagreement or to deal with disagreement if it crops up, uh, or as you say, if, if a shareholder for whatever reason wants to leave the, the, the uh, scene, uh, there is a structured way to do that. Yes, and again, the best time to have an agreement on how you resolve these disputes is before these disputes arise. Uh, Quite often we'll have clients come into the office, they want to set up a company, they've known each other for years and years, they get along very well socially and and, and through their business relationships, and they have the idea, well, we don't need a USA. We don't need 
this sort of document or this expense right now because we get along. And if something comes up, we'll find a way to work it out. But of course, when disputes arise, lines are drawn in the sand very quickly. And a relationship that you had uh, when you were very young can turn to uh, be a very tumultuous relationship when things go sour. Uh, you've talked about some of the things that go into it, but let's review that so people understand why it is that a shareholders agreement uh, needs to be structured uh, and needs to be signed by each party to it. Yeah, certainly major issues such as how does one party leave the company or how do you force one party out of the company? And that that's a major issue. We'll get into that in more detail specifically. Uh, it's often known as a shotgun clause. But the USA's also cover a number of administrative issues, such as how do you organize meetings? Uh, Should there be compensation for board members? Should there be an expense account for officers and directors? Again, if you're running a successful company, uh, people can begin to feel entitled or shortchanged in some ways, and they can perhaps do things that would be out of their character just based on the circumstances around them. So if you have this agreement in place ahead of time that covers some of these administrative matters, hopefully we'll head off any problems before they develop. The old Ronald Reagan theory, trust but verify. <laughs> That's certainly true in, in getting into business with your, your best friends. All right, let's talk about the shotgun clause. What is it? Well, a shotgun clause is a way of forcing one party out of the company. And... The way it works is either I go or you go. So if we have two parties in in business together and I want to buy you out, I can give you a certain price. Then you have the option to either accept my offer for the purchase or you can turn that around and use it on me to buy my shares at the exact same price. And the theory behind it is you would make an offer at a fair value because you know it can be turned around and used on you in the exact same terms. It's kind of like that scenario where you've got you know, two kids cutting up a pie. One child cuts it, the second one gets to choose the piece they want. The theory being it'll be cut right down the middle because you don't want to lose the bigger piece of the pie. So a shotgun clause is, is intended to have that very same effect in, in the uh, business sense. It, it should be an offer that would be reasonable because it could be turned and used on me at the exact same price. And again, it's the kind of clause that's set out at the outset where emotion at the signing is less likely to be as intense as emotion could be at the point in time when the shotgun clause is put into effect. Yes, again, the the whole idea there is having an agreement before it comes into effect. And and this is highlighted through a couple of, of examples. So if you take one scenario where you've got two business partners, one of them has been the the instigator of the company, has sort of developed it from the grassroots, but just can't get it over that hump. And what they need really is infusion of capital. So they bring in a money guy. The money guy has really no involvement or experience in the industry, but has lots of cash. Together, they're a great team and they they, uh, make this company successful. But up to the point where one party says, you know what, I don't need the other anymore. I want to take over the company on my own. Well, if the money guy makes an offer uh, at a certain price, but lower than market value, it could fall into this shotgun area. 
Now, the fellow who started the company has all the uh, time and effort put into building it and growing it. If he can't come up with the money, perhaps he doesn't have the cash or doesn't have the liquidity, and he simply can't turn it on the money fellow, he then loses the corporation at less than market value, simply because there's an inequality in their positions. The fellow with the money has more, therefore can offer a price he knows is below value, but he also knows his partner cannot come up with the same amount. So in that sense, a shotgun clause is not the best option. Are there any other options? Well, there's a number of other options. You could set the price to be determined on a routine basis. I've seen some USAs where they specify the price should be set on an annual basis. The idea being people will keep their mind towards what the company's worth. They'll set it. They'll review it, set it again the following year. So if there was ever a trigger during the course of the year, the price has already been set and that would be binding. It would be a fair value. Would it be market price? Yes. The idea would be to, to keep your view, keep your hands in it, so to speak, and keep setting that price at the fair value. The problem with that scenario is people rarely follow through with that. Uh, running the business itself is time consuming enough. Having a meeting once a year to determine what is the fair value today uh, can be a very difficult thing to do, let alone something that just doesn't happen. And probably requires some extra costs in terms of an evaluation by some independent third party. Yes, and that's often another formula that we put into USA. It could be evaluation by an independent third party. Um, the question then becomes, who gets to choose that evaluator? Or would it be a matter of, I choose one and you choose one, well, maybe we need to choose a third one so we have you know, an odd number of evaluators. Uh, the problem with that is it gets very expensive. Valuations are not cheap. And if you have three different people, you've probably got three different values. These things are as much of an art as a science. So when you're looking at um, an independent third party, uh, you're running a lot of risk that the price could be plus or minus a certain degree from what you believe it is. So a shotgun clause itself is not the be-all, end-all to setting up a, a formula of exiting one person from the company. Um, trying to set the value yourself has its own difficulties. And of course, choosing a business valuator has risks and costs associated as well. So it really comes down to you've got to discuss these issues with the client and come up with a, a solution, perhaps a combination of these scenarios that works best for them. What is the, the takeaway from this? Well, the takeaway is you have to be... The takeaway is you have to put in some procedures, some rules that will govern situations that could arise in the future. Again, at the outset, people are usually of the same mind. We have a great business with your cash, with your input and know-how, we're going to make a million dollars. We're going to be very successful. And that is the hope. That's how all businesses are started. The problem is people's interests are often unaligned. They, they um, want to pursue different things. They have different interests, different families, different things that they wish to protect. And they can change their perspective over time. So if things change to the degree that you want to leave or you want to get one partner out of the company... You really have to have a procedure or a set of rules that will govern that ahead of time. Because once those lines are drawn in the sand, it can be very difficult to change the position. 
and going through a resolution through the courts is a very expensive and time-consuming process. The expert insights of Roland Lequee. If you'd like to learn more about Macmillan Estate Planning's life and legacy approach, we welcome you to visit our website at macmillanestate.com. Macmillan Estate Planning for Families, bringing estate planning to life. This is The Strong Room.